Hello, folks. This is Neil, your least favorite fourth chair of the Dungeons and Dweebs podcast. And we realized that we have been kind of behind in our planned schedule. And part of that's due to a move of one of our members. Still not happy about him having moved. And also due to the situation with COVID-19 in the United States. But we wanted to try to get something out there to show you that we still exist and we're still doing okay. So this is what is the first, hopefully, of an 11-ish part series called Three and Three. Or you could call it Deeper Dells, whatever you'd prefer. And what this is, is me talking about one book series and talking about three things I like in a book and three things that I don't like, just to give you some content. And the first series that we're doing here, hopefully until we start getting new episodes, is the Sword of Truth series by Terry Goodkind. And one of the reasons why I wanted to do this one is one... Recently, I think in the last couple months here, the author has passed away. And we talked in the past about doing the first book as one of our podcast episodes, but like I said, with our stall currently, this seems like a better time to try to get something thrown in here so that we have something out there for you. Now, if you remember my videos on Facebook Live when I did the David Gamel series, my plan was only half an hour long things, and I went a little bit over. So that is also the plan here is that these will only be half hour length episodes so that they're more digestible for you to listen to. But knowing me, we'll probably go long. So formatting here of what we're going to do is first book is Wizard's First Rule. And my plan is to go with one of the good things, one of the bad, one good, the last two bad ones, and then finish on one of the good notes for the book. Okay. So again, like we've done in the past, there's definite spoilers. But seeing as how the book came out in the 90s, I feel like the limitations and spoilers have passed, so anyone could find these information on their own or have looked it up already. So I'll start off with the first thing that I like about the first book of the series is there are two characters in it. We have Zedekus Zul Zorander and Addie the Bone Lady. Now, the reason why I like these two different characters is Z both of them end up becoming more fixtures in the following books, but... At the first book, they are portrayed as very old characters, like many different fantasy novels. But instead of having it where it's the one wise old wizard, for example, which Zed is, they also bring in Addie, who is an older female character, which in a lot of the fantasy things, it's more of a male-focus driven. Here, the fact that they bring both these characters in gives more of that side that shows that both sides of the gender or sex spectrum are just as powerful as the other. And... Zed is a pretty, probably one of my favorite characters from the whole series, and he has a lot of great moments as they get going. And Addie throws a lot of things right back at him, and her backstory of things, which comes into play in more of the third book, has a lot of fun that they started to show the different things of why Addie is the way she is and why she did certain things. And I really like that story of how she came to be the way she is. Now, flipping to one of the not-so-good things on this book is the main character of Richard. Now, a lot of character, or a lot of people who have read some of the stuff online, Richard is an interesting character for being the main character, but he is also, in this first book, in my mind, a bit overly naive. Now, I understand where you have a book and you want your character to have problems, but Richard is a... I want to say, I'm just guessing here, because I don't know the actual specific age here. He's around 18 to 20, and don't get me wrong, I've met some naive people who are in that age range, but 
the amount of things that he is oblivious to still kind of blows my mind to this day, thinking back on the things that he is so wide-eyed and wondered about. Now, don't get me wrong, in the book, in the Westlands, where Richard is originally from, they have no magic ability there because um, Zed sealed it off back during one of the wars, but, excuse me there, but the amount of things that even Richard is mystified by on his own side of the border seems strange. Like, his, we later find out his adopted brother, where Richard is the adopted one, so it's his adopted brother is how I'm going to call it there. But he can't see that his brother is making all these decisions until it's too late. When you read the book for the first time, it's kind of obvious that his brother is not the best person in the world. But Richard completely gets blindsided and only figures it out when he's under a an enemy spell, where his enemies see him as who he is, but his friends see him as an enemy. And that's the only way he discovers that his own brother is working against him. And that just seemed a little too far-fetched to me to go that far down the line and not have noticed what his own brother was doing. Back to the good side of things now. Now, one of the good things is we have Richard as one of the main characters, but the other main character is Kaylin or Kalan, as I called her when I first grew up, but Kaylin was how they pronounced it during the TV show, which I still haven't finished watching, even though I love the book series. I didn't want to watch the TV show because I thought it would ruin things for me. But Caitlin is a confessor, and one of their main powers is that they are able to get the truth out of everyone by using their power on them, and they are, are compelled to do whatever the confessor says. And one of the moments, and it's a pretty intense moment in the book towards the end, and again, like I said, spoilers exist here, so sorry. If you plan on reading it, you should stop now, though. But anyway, at one point... It's Caitlin, Zed, and their fr and Richard's friend Chase. They have been captured by a group of Daharan soldiers, led by Demian Nass, and or Demian Ness, sorry. And he is portrayed throughout the whole thing as a pedophile, and it comes into play and shows up why certain people did certain things. There's a wolf named Brophy, who actually was a human before that, and Demian Ness is the one who caused him to become. Uh, he got accused of touching a child inappropriately and doing all those things. Brophy chose to have a confessor so he could confess his sins that he didn't do it. But then Ness, meanwhile, we know he has this background of this is how terrible of a person he is. And anyway, Ness and the Deharns have captured Zed, Kalen, and Chase. At this point, they're doing the whole taunting scenario. They're preparing to rape Kalen and... Kaylin is trying to do her best to get one of the men close enough so that she can use her confessor powers on him. And Ness basically says during this whole mental torture scenario of, well, I don't know why you're fighting for any of this. This one who you're trying to save, Richard, is dead. And Kaylin goes into what is called the Kondar, where she can start using her confessor power more often and can has elements of subtractive magic. And as referenced in the magic system, there's additive and subtractive. Additive, you obviously add to different things. Subtractive, you take things away. And during this, she ends up being able to wipe out the rest of the Daharans, except for Ness. And she uses her confessor power, which he didn't think she still had left. And she starts and uses it on him. And he has to do whatever she says. And what she does is she has him cut off his own testicles and castrate himself and then makes him 
eat it before she brains him and kills him. And Chase, the one who is with them, he even brings up the point of, well, that's not someone to mess with, but good for her for doing the right thing. And I found it as a nice moment of, well, not really a nice moment, it's a terrible moment when you think about it, a good moment of showing that the punishment that she's giving out is definitely going to be something that meets the crime of this scenario. So that was my good moment number two. Now, two not-so-good moments again, and I'll do these back-to-back here, just following the plan for what I have. Bad moment number one. I have it marked down on my little note card here as in parentheses, or in quotation marks, sorry, Star Wars. And what I meant by this is at the very end of the book, after Richard has gone and saved the day, he has stopped the man named Dark and Rall from being able to take over the world by the box by the magic from the boxes of Orden. Richard has left to find Kaylin because she thinks that she has killed Richard and wiped him away by using her confessor power on him. And as Dark and Rall is dying, Zed comes in and reveals the blatant Star Wars scenario of yep Dirk and roll that man who killed you that was your son when you raped my daughter he is the product of that union and you've been killed by your own son and okay i get you know at that point the darth vader scenario of the big bad is the father of the good guy but it was too much for me at that at this point looking back on it when i was younger i was like oh that's kind of cool but now it's okay How many times can you use the standard trope of the big bad is the parent of the hero? And that really kind of got to that point where it started to annoy me a little bit now that I've thought about it. Because yes, the trope exists of the hero being related, but at this point it seemed way too obvious of the setup. Especially after the fact that after stopping the super death weapon of the boxes of Orden in this, that this is our big drop reveal. So that really frustrated me at this point. The third and final thing that I didn't like about this book was, and this is probably just a me thing, maybe not so much a thing that other people have issues with, is if a book exists and you don't know for a fact that it's going to be a sequel setup, at the time I didn't know, but I don't like it where a book blatantly sets up sequels unless you already know that more are coming. I really like that idea of standalone things, and I think part of that is that it annoyed me during... um, Looking back on it, when the Pirates of the Caribbean movies came out, the first movie was perfectly set up as could have been a one-shot movie and was done. Whereas the second one, it was blatantly set up that there had to be a sequel no matter what, so you had to keep going. And I I get it's a money thing, I get it's a security thing for an author to keep trying to write more and more and more, but to me, it just kind of annoyed me of that fact of, hey, no matter what, this is going to be a sequel now because... All these things start to go wrong at the end of the book. People come running up to Zed saying, Wizard Zorander, we've got these problems. The people are wondering where Lord Rawl is, because now at this point, Richard has inherited the title of Lord Rawl, even though he doesn't know it. And I'll actually get into some of that part during book two, when we get to that point. The Back to the final thing now. The best part, in my mind, of this first book is what is actually called Wizard's First Rule. And... When Terry Goodkind was coming up with all these books, in each one there is a wizard's rule. And the first one, and Zed even says it, this is the wizard's first rule because it is the most important of all the wizard's rule, is the following. And I wanted to put this as my senior quote for a yearbook type thing, but my mom said no because it was kind of too blunt. 
And Wizard's first rule could be summed up in three words. People are stupid. And that was it at first. And I'm like, okay, people are stupid. Well, that makes sense. Not saying I'm smart either, but people are stupid. And then Zed starts to elaborate on it. And it's that people will believe any lie they want as long as it benefits themselves. And in our day and age, that is pretty true with a lot of the things that are going on. If someone says something, whether they want to find the facts to back it up, they don't really think about that, and they prefer more of that opinion, and that's all the farther they go. Once they stop right there, that's where we have that issue, that we've become almost a too-opinion-driven type world, where, okay, I got the one thing that backs me up, and that's all I'm going to trust. In the book, what happens is Zed uses Wizard's first rule against a group of men who are trying to come after Richard, Caitlin, and himself when they believe that he has done some terrible things. And how Zed does this is he starts talking and he keeps talking in a monotone and he talks kind of like this and he's telling them the story about all these things. He just keeps going and droning on and on and on. And they even comment that Richard and Caitlin almost seem like they're about to sleep. And then all of a sudden, Zed, he picks up his voice, he starts getting really vocal, and he says, it is done. And at that point, everyone's confused because they're hearing that he's this wizard, and they're wondering what magical spell he's done. And the men, they start to panic in the night because it's dark out, they only have torches, and they believe, and I'm quoting it from Kaelin, is, Zed, did you really make those men all lose their manhood? So the men, in this lie, they thought that Zed was powerful enough that in this spot that he would make them all lose their manhood and they believed it because that was the lie they thought because he was this all-powerful wizard. In truth, Zed says, yeah, I can't do anything like that. That's too powerful of magic for me. And the men end up running off in terror of Zed and they don't return to try to go after him. And I thought that, again, going back to Zed being this trickster-type character, focusing on all these different things, and that is a wonderful moment to show what how these wizards rules work and then what happens a little later here and again as you notice the wizards rules they really excite me here on this first one and what happens is that um richard after he hears about this about this wizards rule he actually uses it against zed and kaylin at one point when he says well don't worry zed kaylin already told me everything last night about what happened and zed freaks out on her not realizing that he himself now is believing this lie because that's what he wants, and Kaelin actually didn't tell Richard anything. And then Zed brings up, well, none of my students were ever able to do this, so that means you must be a wizard of the First Order, because wizards can only really trick other wizards, and none of them ever did this. Richard, meanwhile, is just, is just a joke, just a trick, that's all. Nothing more. And it leads to that moment of foreshadowing that Richard is powerful in some form in magic, and since he is the grandson of as we find out at the end, he's the grandson of Zed and the um, son of Dark and Rawl. That means he will end up having two sides of the magic gift, known as subtractive and additive. And he is a very rare person to have had these gifts. And in book two, we will talk about that part of what type of wizard this makes Richard. Now, my goal had been that this was going to be a half hour, but I'm actually kind of happy with this being a shorter episode of only 15. And... If you like what you heard, please let us know if there's stuff you would, your own thoughts on the book, or if there's stuff that you thought I could have elaborated more on. Again, let us know these comments on our Facebook. Hopefully my plan is that I will try to get one of these shorter episodes like this out every couple of weeks. 
until we go through the series up until the final book of the main line of Confessor and not worrying about the sequel type stuff that came after because I've already kind of covered the Children of Dahara five book novellas on some Friday finds that I've kind of stalled on right now. And the other ones with the War Heart Cycle and Severed Souls spot, personally, I don't feel like they were as strong, so I don't want to bring those into this spot. Unless we get better feedback, or if we get some good feedback on this type of stuff, maybe I will continue it. But for the moment, that is the plan. So please, again, give us that like, subscribe, follow along, give us some comments on the Facebook page, and we'll try to start getting some stuff out for you as best we can here. And I hope you all have a safe night wherever you are listening to this episode.